Hey everybody, today is Wednesday, August 30th. I'm Josh Boykin, the founder of Intelligame.us, and you're listening to another edition of Intelligame Radio. So today is the last day before heading up to Seattle, Washington for PAX. I'll be heading up fairly early in the morning, and it's been a busy day. If you were able to check out the Facebook live stream of the Stanley Parable that we did today since Twitch was down, I hope you were able to have a good time and enjoy it. Afterwards, uh, I had a friend come by, and we got Taco Bell and talked about our respective podcasts and some plans that we have for the weekend. So I want to introduce you folks to Janessa Olson. She is the founder and creator of the VR cast, Virtual Recollections. Uh, maybe maybe you would be better describing. <laughs> I can just sit here and just talk about your podcast for you, but uh, that kind of defeats the purpose of you being here. Oh, it's kind of fun listening to other people describe what my podcast is. I mean, okay, yeah, I can describe it pretty easily. <laughs> What I like to describe the podcast, it's stories about video games and the people who play them, which, and I like to follow that up with, it's like the This American Life, but for video games. And that's when the light bulb goes off in people's heads and uh, they know they, they have something related to. See, that makes sense. Cause usually if you start with, it's This American Life for video games, and then people come up with their own ideas and right. you have to, whatever, but no, that's, that's sharp. What, uh, what got you started with VRCast? Well, I've been doing podcasting for, I want to say about seven years, but it was all very just sitting in a room with friends talking about video games we liked, which sure. is fun, but it's not very, uh, maybe substantial is the word I'm looking for. I've always loved This American Life, uh, investigative journalism, The Moth, things like that. Stories are really cool. And I wanted to do something that would... Um, hopefully uh, help the video game community, especially after that tire fire that was Gamergate. Or is. Is still, yes, it's still very much still a thing. Uh, move towards some kind of healing. And storytelling is a really powerful tool to bring people together and to develop empathy. So if I could create something to do that, and that's how VRCast came to, uh, came to be. Okay. So each episode takes on a particular theme and then handles a number of stories around that theme. So there was a Mega Man episode where you interviewed the uh, the rapper Mega Ran, who's super cool. Uh, you did a Zelda episode where there were some really interesting stories about Ocarina of Time. Uh, what process do you go through when you're creating these episodes? And I'm sorry, I'm going to ask, do you have a favorite? Do you have one that, that sticks out to you? Because I'm, I'm thinking of a particular story that I really enjoyed. Oh, really? Okay, I'm really excited to hear what story you enjoyed because I'm, um, yeah, I'd love to hear that. Okay, so process. Mm -hmm. That is and continues to be one of the hardest things for me to develop. When I first started, I reached out just to my social circle, uh, which was pretty effective in the beginning, but you get a lot of the same kinds of people when you do your social circle. Um, so now I'm still trying to figure out a really effective way to reach broader audience which means talking to strangers <laughs> which can be kind of scary <laughs> i still don't really have a process down i uh you know i'll think of something that i want to do for a topic and then um kind of just try to go find things so that's that's a work in progress so favorite sure. episode <sighs> i think my favorite episode oh man it's so hard i think it's it's this one about loss sure yeah 
the one about loss, and the reason why I say that is all of the stories in all of the podcasts I think are really genuine, but there's something about the stories about loss, all of which really resonate with me. Um, and I, I just really like listening to it, if that makes any yeah. sense. I mean, I, I think one of the great things about that episode is that, uh, you know, it gives people an opportunity to tie games to a very visceral, very, very tangible part of how we experience humanity. And so even if you're not directly familiar with the games that are involved in the stories, it's still very easy to associate with the people who are going through those situations, which is really cool. Yeah, exactly. That's And that's what I was going for and want to go for with every episode of VRCast. Sure. Uh-huh. Well, uh, let's go ahead. Let's take a quick segment break, and then we will talk a little bit more about VRCast and then jump into some uh, some game discussion. All right, so before we talk games, I want to have a discussion about your experience going undercover for Magic the Gathering. Oh, boy. (laughs) So you did a segment uh, during the Magic the Gathering episode where you went to game stores to try and get an impression of what you would be treated like as as a woman going into these shops playing Magic. And most people know that Magic is a, a pretty pretty male-dominated, sort of a hardcore tra- uh, collectible or trading card game. It's been around for years, and you tried to go in kind, kind of slick about it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't want to say that I feel dirty, because I, I, I already play Magic, right? So I go <laughs> I go into these game stores, and I'm like, oh, how do you play Magic Gathering? And, uh, With a little bit of hair twirl? Yeah, or? a little bit of hair twirl. Uh, I don't know. I I look back on that episode now. It was really fun to do, uh, especially for pushing myself out of this comfort zone of <laughs> talking to a lot of strangers. <laughs> um, but I, to be honest, I think I had it really, really, really easy as far as the results go. Sure. I think. I mean, I kind of, I kind of knew that no matter where I was gonna walk into. I was probably going to be catered to pretty well. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, I mean, you, you bring up in the episode that, you know, you're like, well, I'm a, what did you call yourself? A moderately attractive white woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think those are pretty large factors in how I was treated everywhere that I went, frankly. I mean, in both game stores, uh, almost everyone in both game stores were white, and uh, there weren't a whole lot of women in either one of them. Sure. So I walk in, and I'm a lady, and it's like, no, oh, there's a lady. She's interested <laughs> in gaming. Of course I'm going to get preferential treatment. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a fun experience. Uh, I look forward to doing more of that, but I'm also, I was very aware, and I want, when people listen to that episode, I also want them to be very aware. It's probably pretty biased how yeah. I how I was treated because of how I look and who I am and that kind of thing. Well, and I'm, in fairness, it also was conducted in Portland, Oregon. So, <laughs> uh, so I mean, the odds of finding other white people is pretty high. Pretty high. Um, and I, it, I do think it's interesting trying to figure out, like, 
I, I, I actually wrote an IntelliGame article once called Do Black People Play Board Games? And it was just based on this idea that it's like anytime you, anytime I've gone into a board game shop, even back in my hometown where there was a significant population of color, they're just not at hobby shops or board game shops. And even if, even if so, like what games are made to appeal to people of color or like have representation? Apparently that's been big in the like, politics of magic lately of trying to create more representations of like people of color and people on the lgbt spectrum and like um or part of the lgbt community um yeah i i don't know i don't i really don't know how that works i don't know either um and i i talked about that a little bit in the podcast just the wondering i interviewed uh one uh trans woman who she had a lot of really just great insight on because she, when she started playing, she was presenting as male, and then she now she is um, trans woman, and uh, to, ha- to have her insight on that entire experience was really fascinating. But at the end of the day, um, I think that if you are like me and a moderately attractive white woman, the <laughs> Magic the Gathering community is gonna accept you pretty darn quickly. But I still think I still think there's a it's got a long way to go as far as inclusion goes, especially for, you know, people of color and that, that kind of thing. Sure. I mean and I've, I guess I've I feel like I've been lucky to see some spaces that have been fairly open and, and people are generally not too shitty. Um so it was it was good also to hear people just in general being willing to be helpful and all that. So yeah. um all right. So so we talked a little bit about that episode. Um we're gonna be we're both gonna be heading up to PAX, which is a big video game convention. So we should talk some video games. Alright, so let's talk video games. Right? Uh I went through some of your games on your PS4 profile. There are a couple of styles of games it seems like you gravitate towards. Uh, Narrative-focused games, and then big open-world, sandboxy, do-whatever-you-want type games. That's, does that seem pretty accurate? That sounds Yeah, that sounds pretty accurate towards the games I play, definitely. Sure, so what's the what's the game du jour? Or, well, not today, because it's like 10 o'clock at night. And, <laughs> Uh, so, playing to both narrative and open world, um, I've been face planting into Breath of the Wild for the past, Ooh, probably okay. like the past month, I want to say, uh, because I became a proud Switch parent. <laughs> I, still, I still remember, I still remember how like ridiculous excited you were about getting that. Yeah, still am ridiculous. It's a, it's a fantastic. I can't, I can't speak highly enough. So, been playing a lot of that. I recently tried to get back into Fallout for the Nuka World expansion, because I've always been a Fallout fan. But um, I have to send my PS4 back, because it's doing that really cute disc eject in mid-game thing. Yeah. Aw, Sony. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's, yeah, that's mostly it. And uh, outside of, you know, work and the podcast, I don't have a whole lot of time for video games. So those wild worlds, uh, the expansive worlds anyway, really help me where I could just like, I just pick up and play. And it's not like, you know, when I was playing Shin Megami Tensei 4, God forbid you don't play that game for a week, you were never going to remember where not you were in that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've been, I love those like long story deep JRPGs, but 
it definitely it feels like the design of them has changed because if you go back to one on like the super nintendo or whatever and you take a week off you come back you're like what where was i even supposed to go i did this with final fantasy 7 where it was like the transition from disc one to disc two and then i took like a couple days off and i came back and i was like i don't like they don't give you a quest log they don't there was just no idea of what what happened next and basically ends the game because i'm not going to do 20 hours 20 30 hours to get through disc one again that's absurd and you know what the weirdest part of that is you know you cut back to like snes to the 3ds which is like what 20 years later and they haven't improved on that at all <laughs> on the three like was okay back to Shin Megami tensei 4 i did take a week off and then i came back and i'm like cool this map isn't helpful there's no, no. log of my quests. i have no idea what i'm supposed to be doing i don't even know the controls work anymore I just yeah. gave up. Yeah, I, I think the Persona games are, are put together a lot better than... Like, SMT4 was a... Um, I mean, it's cool in that it's a turn... You know, a sort of dark, almost Lovecraftian, turn-based RPG. It's this traditional style and whatever. But um, I just also wasn't really connected to the characters. Like, the Persona series really, like gives you these high schoolers not high schoolers because they're all too tall and too pretty to be high schoolers <laughs> um but yeah i i think it's that's pretty interesting is there a is there a game that is coming out that you're looking forward to um oh shoot <laughs> no and there totally should be <laughs> Uh, for some reason, I go through these phases where I just don't pay attention, I don't pay attention, I don't pay attention, and then something comes out, and then three weeks later, I remember that it came out, like with Tomb Raider. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh crap, I was going to play that. That's <laughs> I know that's going to happen. And you know what? Admittedly, I'm actually really excited about the new Mario game on okay, the yeah, Switch. Mario yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm I'm excited. I've always liked the Mario, the Mario games like that. So the I think Mario. that'll be really good. Cool. The Mario. Um... <laughs> No, I haven't been. Re I have no idea what's coming out. Yeah, I have no I, idea. I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know a whole lot either, if I'm honest. And like, there are uh, Destiny Two comes out next week, and I'm excited about that. But like, I think it'll also be cool to be at PAX and maybe see a couple things. I'm like, oh, this will be, this will be kind of, kind of interesting. It'll give me something to like plot my Q4 around. But um, yeah, let's. Oh. Oh wait. I did. Oh. Okay, we got 20 seconds. Can you say it quick or do you want to do? Cause, yes. Okay. The, the DLC for Dishonored 2, The Death of the Outsider. That's coming out. Ah, okay. All right. Uh, very nice. Uh, let's do let's do some PAX talk because we're both going to PAX and that'll be exciting. So, yeah. PAX West, aka PAX Prime. It's going to be up in Seattle, Washington. You're spending a couple of days there? Yeah, a couple of days. Sure. The Thursday, Sunday? Nope, that doesn't make sense. Sunday, Monday. Nope. Sorry. Yeah, that's. I was gonna say that's definitely not how couple <laughs> works. So, what are you? What are you going up for? What are you hoping to get out of the conference? Um, I just like to go uh, to look at all the future games that are coming out. I go for the cosplay, mostly for Magic the Gathering. I will admit, um, <laughs> I don't really play a whole lot of games there because it seems to me I don't. A lot of the lines are like four hours long to playtest a game. Yeah, that's coming out in like a few months. Just wait a few months, people. What's wrong <laughs> with you? So, yeah. I think a lot of people, I was just talking about this the other day. I think for a lot of folks, they look at packs in the same way that families would like look at going to Disneyland or something, right? This is a 
once a year opportunity to be around other people who play games and i think for a lot of folks like sitting i almost wish I almost wish that I would sometimes just stand in line for an hour and a half and like play a DS game or, you know, whatever, and just talk with folks because I'm always running from appointment to appointment. So there's this part of like the convention experience that I, I've just never had. I did that once. I did that for the Order 1886. Okay. Which I didn't even buy. Nope, you didn't. Nope, <laughs> totally didn't. But they were, it was really cool because Sony did this thing where. They would give out mustaches because the main character has this oh, gnarly yeah. mustache. And they're like, take a selfie, put it on Twitter, you know, do a hashtag. And then you could win like some exclusive 1886. I didn't win, but I will show you the picture later because yes. it's fantastic. <laughs> I should have won. So uh, where, I guess, have you been to, you've done PAX before. So have you been to other if you've been to other conventions how do you feel that pax differs from those experiences mm, that's a good question usually i go to a lot of the comic book conventions it's been really interesting i think i've been going to pax for something like eight years now or something oh, wow. and it's just grown exponentially it's mm -hmm. insane to think about the first year i went which was so magical and wonderful and to the most recent year i went it's admittedly it's less magical because it's just gigantic and stressful right now but i still go so what's that say about me i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it's it's also interesting that now that it's larger it attracts some of this larger talent right so you know that the large AAA companies are going to be showing up there i'm looking forward to getting hands on the uh, dissidia nt and like mm -hmm. some other square enix stuff but there is something about going to smaller conventions like i totally encourage folks to search out the small local conventions that are like an hour or a couple hours away and go support those because the local developers you find and all that it's just it it, it is it feels magical mm -hmm, i agree one of my favorite conventions if you're in the washington area it's in bellingham it's the bellingham comic-con and i don't know how much bigger it's gotten now but when i went it was just this tiny room in a convention center with all of these comic book sellers, some comic book artists, but it was awesome. So I highly recommend that event, which is in October. I can't remember the exact date, but it is coming up. Okay. So it's getting a little late. I know it's, you're about to turn into a pumpkin or, or the cars didn't turn into a pumpkin. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but but thank you for, for coming and talking with us here on IG Radio. If uh, folks want to find you and your content, where, where should they look? What should they do? Um... So VRCast is almost everywhere. We're on Facebook under VRCast Virtual Recollection. We're on your favorite podcast streaming app. You can search for us under VRCast Virtual Recollection. <laughs> Have I said that title enough, <laughs> enough times? Um, yeah, literally everywhere. Cool. And uh, what do you have in the uh, in the bag for f the next episode? Oh, man. The next episode. Or do you want to keep it under, I am under wraps? featuring... Josh Boykin, who you might have heard of. Maybe you've heard of him. He's kind of a big deal. <laughs> For an episode about PAX. Wow, this is wow. really meta. This is, how did we come full circle like this? I, I have no idea. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Janessa. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, I think that, I hope that Intelligame Radio listeners go and check out VRCast. It really is. It's a really super solid production and uh, looking forward to hearing more of what you put together. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay. 
Well, everybody, that does it for today's edition of IntelliGame Radio. I'm your host, Josh Boykin, and as always, you can find me on Twitter at WallStormer. I hope you enjoyed the conversation that we had with Janessa Olson today, and you should definitely go check out VRCast Virtual Recollections. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. I'll be at PAX tomorrow, so uh, I hope you get excited about hearing some updates from uh, various parties and things that are going on in Seattle, Washington. Uh, in the meantime, uh, if you are looking for more IntelliGame content, don't forget to swing over to IntelliGame.us or to look us up on social media, Facebook or Twitter.com slash Let's Have a great one, folks, and until tomorrow, keep IntelliGaming.